This is Yemen News. I'm Alex Williams. Today we welcome back Mohammed Murshid, a professional artist from Yemen. In the last podcast, he shared with us about how he is using art to bring awareness to the crisis in Yemen, as well as to unpack the layers of trauma he has as a result of his experiences in Yemen. Mohammed describes Yemen as a place that reminds people of something ancient, a country visited by archaeologists from all around the world. We will hear more from Muhammad today about his personal experiences in Yemen's ancient places, as well as his challenge to Yemenis to spend time researching their own history. Well, it's good to have you with us, Muhammad Murshid. Uh, great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Severe PTSD is like, it holds me back from doing a lot of things and due to the trauma of war and it's in Arabic, uh, PTSD in Arabic called Ma'bad uh, al-Sadma. It's after the, you know. After the shock. So I would recommend a lot. Of, yeah, after the shock. So, Is there an understanding of PTSD in Yemen? No. You know, the sad thing about it, and I'm not, I'm not going to diss any, any, like, disrespect any, but I, I spoke to my family, my like my dad, when I I tell him I feel anxiety, I have PTSD, I have depression, and they refer to it as like, oh, go do walu and go pray, and I do those things, but you don't under like it's 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 hard to explain. It's not the solution. Is like okay, just go and pray. You know, there's so much, you know. And this is the problem uh, with the societies. We just think the solution is go pray. You have a demon or you have some issue. Like understanding, like doing the research, understanding the how the brain works, the chemicals in the brain, the problems, uh, it's not going to solve it. Yes, meditation works, but with PTSD, it actually makes it worse because you're sitting quiet and thinking about the trauma. So. Meditation to me is actually more traumatic, and Yemeni. I, I really like. I hope. I hope one day to see Yemen free. And the problem is now is like we'll deal with a lot of trauma, a lot of problems, like how to fix the country, and they keep. They just keep, you know, covering the veil and hiding the truth. You know. Right. And where do you think you saw the most beauty in Yemen when you were there? Hmm. The most, to me, weather, the land. Um, when I used to go to uh, Bit Bos, it's, it's, it's in, it's, there's a, a Yemenite, a Jewish um, village. That mm -hmm. when I used to go there, I feel like there's a spiritual connection with my ancestors. Mm -hmm. So that thing, uh, I felt this is like this is home. Mm. <sighs> Going to Babel Yemen at night, Sana Al Qadima. Right. I like it when there's no people because the whole scene change and you can see um, 
I don't know. I, I just, I dealt with a lot of trauma and hate in the country uh, from, uh, I don't want to say, but like the differences. Um, I was, you know, the way I was dressed, I had long hair. Sometimes I, I braided my hair like cornrows and uh, it, I was like bullied. Uh, and nobody understand the, the, the trauma behind the bullying in, in, in like school. Right. And, uh, and even in the, in the, like where I lived, you know, I always had to be careful from certain groups because they can attack you, beat you up. It's, it's so much layers within, but I still find the beauty, honestly, is when I go to those ancient sites. I feel there's a huge connection in Taz to when I went to Shalom Shabazi. Yeah. Mm. You mean by the, I used to, by the uh, yeah at the deity by the castle yep. on the on yep. the back the, side. The, the, the castle of uh, the Cairo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I I feel I felt like there's a connection and doing research and learning about the Imam kicking all the Jews in the 1940, the exile, or basically sold them. And then uh, learning, uh, uh, doing a DNA test and, uh, and I find out that my, our ancestors is, is Jewish. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Ethiopian, Eritrean, like we are old, like mixed thing. Like, and I don't, it's so just you know, uh, like learning about the history of Yemen and how they had to like, like take the empowerment from uh, the Yemeni folks. For example, the story of the elephant tribe, mm-hmm. and they keep saying the elephant tribe was Habasha, Al Habasha, and Ibrahim Al Habashi. In reality, he was Ibrahim Al Yemeni. He was a king of Yemen, but we have to. The history will. To give you a little bit of the truth and hide the main truth. They won't say Ibrahim Yemeni because they want to take, the, they won't let the Yemeni folks know the history of Yemen, how it was powerful with them. They had everything. They had gold. They have minerals. They have, Yemen can live so rich with their resources from their land. But how to destroy, they have to put different ideologies, tribes, different religion. It's divide and conquer. We know this game, the British colony. I know, like, if you read the history, you'll get it. Mm. The second the imam fell, we know the British left Aden. Like, uh, oh. So it, it's all how to destroy Yemen. And then we saw Ali Abdullah Saleh, you know, with the Hamdi. Hamdi was gone, and then he became the president. And then look at Yemen, was oppressed for 30 years. And we thought it was, oh, no, we live in free and freedom in Yemen and safety. No, really? literally, they can, in one second, they can land, take your land with power and you're, oh, it's not your land now. It belongs to somebody else. Right. So it, it's difficult, like, to think about the beauty of Yemen, but I, I, the, hopefully one day we'll, we'll, we'll get back Yemen to the real people. You know, after living there for for 10 years, I can understand what you're saying. Like, there is injustice. There is, if I think about Yemen, there is, in some ways, 
a blackness there, but there are streaks of of beauty and streaks of calmness and streaks of places of peace that you go to, whether it's, you know, yeah. out in Barakani or on a mountain in Sabir or some historical site. You know, after living there, I know what you're saying in the, in the you know, it's very complex, you know, between the, the darkness and the light. You know, you also you also focus a lot on women's rights. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned ties, and I know in ties even till today, the the women out in the villages they wear bright colored dresses and scarves, and you know the scarves they remind me of your art really. But you know today in the cities they they're wearing mostly black. You, do you think there's a significance there, or why is it that you focus on women's rights as well? Well. Like living uh, when I grew up, um, I, I saw the injustice within our society, how they treat women. Um, I don't care if they tell me that oh, Yemen is free, women are um, they have the freedom, and we are trying to save women to be in the house and give her her um, a praise. You know those all those words that's evilly made by the patriarchy to control women and like my mom would like i she didn't have a voice in our family so it's sad to say that um um i have a daughter and in coming to the united states um i did some uh a pedagogy class for a uh for to do a acrylic to create um, a classroom to teach people. So I had to read a lot of theories and there's some, a theory called the hidden curriculum um, that really disturbed, like I just, there's a light bulb in my head came and how the society uh, favors a male over female because we need more leaders than women. Women are smart and if they're in, in a classroom if they're trying to answer a question, favor a male. And I saw that when I was a kid in Yemen. Mm. And I was like, we in the United States and doing the same thing. Though, of course, I'm going to have to fight for women's rights because it's a human right. And I came from a woman. And I really don't like the idea of a woman is half of the society. This is a Yemeni saying or an Arabic saying. The woman is the whole society. The woman create the society. I came from a woman. So mm. why we kill our own women and destroy them? And, you know, and it doesn't make sense. A brother will have, a, will have control over his sister. They came from the same womb. A, a kid will, will give the mom, will tell her, you can go out or not. I'll be your mahram or I'll be your, you know, the person that will go out with her, her kid. A kid, a boy, an 18 years old boy, a woman cannot get married until her guidance, which can be her 18 years old son, to sign her what it, like paper of, you know, the engagement or the marriage paper. So they're so backwards. And so much injustice, so much, um, like, I I saw that, I experienced it. Like, my mom had the store 
it got vandalized in Yemen. Mm-hmm. She had potteries and art. It got vandalized a couple of times. People were shooting at that place. Mm-hmm. I don't know was set up or would, you know, it's from somebody doesn't want my mom to thrive, you know, to, because women cannot work. You have to go home and, you know, stay in the house. A woman will, this is the society. They always like, uh, like the woman, her place is in the kitchen. And I hate that saying. And I cook and I'm, I, I do all the dishes. I like cooking and I uh, clean the bathrooms and I do all that stuff. You know, I, yeah. showing my daughter, um, like, do not wait for a man to tell you what to do. You have your own being. You have the right to speak and have your opinion and be independent. and. Be educated. So we're trying to have a healthy future. Right. So we start with ourselves, within ourselves, we critique ourselves. So I am starting all this, studying myself, how to deconstruct the patriarchy and destroy it completely. I mean, it seems like your entire experience in Yemen, both with your PTSD and also, you know, the uh, synesthesia. It's all. It's a. It's a. And also the the background of, uh, you know, the way that in general the society sees women. But you've taken all that, and all that energy, and brought it out to serve something that gives life, and in, in, in something positive. Do you do you feel that that's part of your purpose in life, Muhammad? Yeah. When when you get stripped of everything you have. And you only have something ugly that people refer to. I always try to find a beauty within that ugliness and present it as like an offering, a peaceful offering to show it's it's not ugly, it's beautiful. But you like, I always uh, talk about the wabi-sabi philosophy, the Japanese philosophy, and I keep saying it a lot of like, I repeat myself a lot of times because this helped me understand myself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know, it's like I always say, oh, I never thought there's beauty like in Yemen, like because of all the trauma and the hate I dealt with. And and I, I can't imagine, you know, like. Yeah, that Wabi Sabi philosophy, if someone is listening, read it. And it will help you a lot to understand, you know, we have to take, uh, you know, reading seriously. That was the first thing God told Prophet Muhammad, Iqra, which is read for a reason, read. As Yemeni folks, we are spending eight hours sitting doing nothing, chewing cut, and we know that. If we take that eight hours and we open a book and read it and note it and have an idea as we can you know, it's, it's, it, it breaks my heart, you know, right. sleeping eight hours, that's half of your life sleeping. And then eight hours, you're sitting there chewing and watching TV. That's another, what, all your life? There's no purpose. And it hurts me because Yemeni people, if they had the chance, I swear to God, so many smart folks, so many, like, but we I mean, have right. to oppress them because our right. neighbors don't like us 
They don't want us to be thriving. They just want to destroy us and they want to use our resources for their own benefits. I'm not going to call names, but this right. is a, an idea. So. I mean, well, right now, I mean, even as we speak, there's an ongoing war in Yemen. I mean, many of the youth and families are experiencing different levels of trauma, you know, and also PTSD. I mean, how would you encourage them right now that are inside of Yemen that are experiencing this kind of trauma? I will advise all the Yemenis. They have internet. They have internet access. Google about PTSD. Read about it. Educate yourself. Read about people that had the experience from the war. There's Iraqi artists that wrote a lot about it. Um, um, they can see the experience from other folks that dealt with war, from Iran. There's so much Iranian artists. They can look it up mm. uh, and understand, just see the experience, how they dealt with it. Mm. And for now, because we don't have psychologists or any, any, any therapy sessions, the only time you can have a therapy session is online. I know there's some online uh, websites. I, I don't have them on top of my head, but you can look on Google and they can help you, guide you with your diagnose. And this is the only thing we can do for now, for Yemen. Until mm. everything is stable and we have doctors, then I will recommend and advocate and push for Yemeni folks to go and go to therapy. Well, I may ask you later, I mean, maybe after you can send me a couple of, uh, you know, you mentioned some artists, whether in Iraq or Iran, maybe yeah, you can yeah. send those to me later and I can link those in for people. You know, just getting to maybe a last question, you've been out of Yemen now for some time. What do you, what do you miss about Yemen? I miss going to the old sites, the ancient sites, the, our ancestors' sites. I miss the weather. I miss my family. Mm. I, it just, it's the, every year, every day, every year, every second, it becomes more intense and intense. Like I cannot explain, you know, home is home. Sure. Home is home. That's it. Mm. Well, is there any, is there any last, uh, last word of encouragement you'd like to give to the youth that are back in Yemen? Maybe some guys there that are maybe having some similar dreams like you did maybe any kind of last words of encouragement for them as they might be listening to this? I know it's hard. And I know it's hard to even motivate people at this time. And, uh, you know, I'll tell the Yemeni folks, uh, it's it's so emotional. Hmm. I would say, we are here fighting for you and keep your head up and read about your history. And we are better than what they picture us. Mm. Well, that's great. I mean, I appreciate Muhammad, uh, you coming on the call today and, you know, sharing some of your story and I'll definitely be sharing some of it on uh, as much as I can on social media as well. 
so, you know, I appreciate it. We'll talk some now after the call. Um, but thanks for coming on the podcast today and sharing your heart with the Yemenis back inside Yemen and all over the world. Thank you. And it's an honor and I appreciate uh, for creating this platform for all the Yemenis to share their stories. And uh, it's an honor and a privilege. And I appreciate it, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. Mohammed shared with us today about his experience of being pressured to conform while growing up in Yemen. He shared how he was bullied for things as simple as braiding his hair into cornrows. His differences were not accepted. He also shared how Yemen's enemies have been able to weaken and dominate Yemen by getting Yemenis to focus on their differences and by spreading different ideologies and theologies that divide Yemenis rather than uniting them. Muhammad warns us against accepting a version of history that includes only facts that conform to a narrative that serves a particular interest. Instead, he challenges us to search out the full picture of history that includes facts that may have been hidden or ignored to serve a particular interest. Yemen has a rich and colorful history, much like the colorful scarves and dresses traditionally worn by Yemeni women. Yemenis also share a diverse heritage. As Muhammad explained, he discovered that he has Jewish, Ethiopian, and Eritrean ancestors. I want to encourage us all to look for ways that we can celebrate Yemen's diversity. Rather than being threatened by what doesn't conform to what we've been taught, let's seek to understand and respect each other's differences. Let's work to build a Yemen where diversity is Yemen's strength, and whereby respecting and accepting their differences, Yemenis can stand together as one against their enemies rather than being divided and conquered by them. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Also a reminder to follow stories every day on Instagram. It's at ynewsaw and new podcasts every Monday and Thursdays. I'm Alex Williams and this is Yemen News. Yeah.